who's perhaps had years and years and years of experience, um, I would just encourage you just to be listening throughout the day for those moments when God really grabs your attention, those moments when you know he's, he's tapping you on the shoulder and saying, yeah, this is for you, pay attention. Because, you know, I've been studying and teaching and reading and writing on this subject for, for, for many, many years, but there are still, you know, pretty much every week there'll be something that just really grabs my attention about the subject of listening to God and um, an opportunity to pause and reflect. And so we're going to use a mixture of teaching. We're going to have some testimonies. We're going to do some demonstrations. And we're also going to have a practical element. Now, I know some of you are probably a little bit nervous already about the idea of actually having a go. But as I say, this is a safe place. I'm going to lead you very gently, very carefully through this. If at any time you feel really uncomfortable and you think... Actually, right now, I'd just rather sit and observe. That's absolutely fine. But I would, of course, encourage you to have a go because the best way that we can learn this stuff, the best way we can actually experience hearing God is stepping out and having a go, you know, being prepared to step out of the boat and walk on water. Um, But, you know, this is a... I'll keep saying it. It's a safe place. It's an environment of, of, of love and support and... The best. This is the best kind of place to practice to have a go. Um, and at the end of the day, if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and if our motivation is love, then very little can actually go wrong. So, um, and yeah, I, it, it's good to remember that we're all on a journey. So I have been exploring the prophetic for, oh, I don't know how many years, decades and decades. But, and I hope this encourages you, for me, it has been a long, slow journey. And I'm still on that journey. Now, I I know one or two people, perhaps you know some people like this, perhaps this might even describe you. I know one or two people for whom it's like, from their mother's womb, they're seeing angels and hearing the voice of God. You know, they become a Christian and the next day they're having those 3D technical and open-eyed visions. You know, I do know a few people like that. But I know that the vast majority of us, it is instead a long, slow journey, step by step by step. And um, it's a wonderful journey. And days like today help us all take another big step. But I don't want you to look at me and think, oh, Kath, it's just really easy for her to hear God. You know, it just comes really naturally. It has been such a long, slow journey. I've made many mistakes. Um, but I think what is true for me is that from almost the first moment I learned about, I learned about the Holy Spirit and, and learned about the fact that God does speak today, that just awoke a hunger in me and I was just determined to go for this uh, to read whatever I could to go to whatever conferences I could because I knew that I wanted to learn how to hear God's voice it's good I think at this point in the day just to briefly consider the why the why of hearing God you know we, we we've got the bible we've got the wonderful scriptures 
But why do we, as followers of Jesus, need to learn how to hear the now voice of God? Well, I think fundamentally it's about transformation. Because, you know, there there are many wonderful aspects of learning how to hear God. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is about transformation. He's about transforming us, making us more like Jesus. He's about transforming situations. He's about transforming communities. He's about transforming Bridge North. That's ultimately what it's about. So as we learn to hear God, not only do we change, not only will our church change, but Bridge North will change. Because as we learn to hear him and follow him, and become sensitive to his prompts, he will send us out because the Holy Spirit is the ultimate prophetic missionary. So there's the, you know, it's good just to recognize at the start of a day like this that the ultimate aim is transformation. Okay, so um, there's there's something incredible, isn't there, about God's voice. Um, He used his voice to create the universe. That's an incredible thought. The God that we love and worship is not silent. All the way through the Bible, we read of a God who speaks. And then that whole biblical narrative, as it were, kind of reaches a climax, I think, in many ways, in John chapter 10, where Jesus, in very simple language, describes himself as the good shepherd I am the good shepherd, you're my sheep, and if you're one of my sheep, you will hear my voice. And of course, in, in, in those days, that would have been such an everyday image. Sheep, shepherds, I mean, where I live, I, I live in Sheffield, but I'm right on the edge of the Peak District. We can hear sheep from our bedroom window, you know, the sheep everywhere where we live. And in those days, you know, the people listening, Jesus' disciples would have been very, very familiar with the idea of a shepherd and sheep. So Jesus is using very normal, everyday language. And four times in John chapter 10, Jesus says, yeah, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. So there's this incredible promise in the scriptures that not only is God speaking, but we will learn how to hear him. But what, what do we actually mean by hearing his voice? What, what does that mean? What does it look like? What does his voice actually sound like? And the Bible's interesting because even though it's got all these references to God speaking, it doesn't tend to go into details about actually what that experience was like. So even say somebody like Elijah, major prophet, hears God, it doesn't tell us in the Bible whether that was necessarily an external voice. Was it an internal voice? Was it through dreams? Was it through pictures? You know, we, we, we don't get that much information all the time about the technicalities of the process. Um, but what we do see is that the fact that God speaks and people hear him is taken for granted all the way through the Bible. So what, what does it actually mean? You know, when people are going on about, oh, God talked to me, I heard God today. What, what, are, we, what are we actually talking about? Um, 
It's about the now voice of God in our hearts, isn't it? Um, Of course, God speaks to us through the Bible. You know, I hope we're all regularly reading the Bible. God speaks to us day in, day out through that. But God also speaks to us through the now words, through the spirit-breathed words, that now voice in our hearts. And these now words that speak directly into our current specific reality. Those words that in the present draw us deeper into relationship with him. Those words that guide us every step of the way. And we need both. We need the written word and we need the now word of God. It's word and spirit, isn't it? And it's very important for us as followers of Jesus to be able to hear and identify the now word of God, the spoken word of God. But it's also important to recognize that we hear him in all sorts of different ways. And and actually, this can be really helpful for us because it's it's all very well, you know, you come to a day like today and, and you hear of, you know, you hear me talking about how I've learned how to hear God. And you can look at somebody like me or look at church leader and think, well, I don't hear God like how they hear God. It's, it, I think it's very different for me. But, you know, we're, we're all created as individuals, as unique individuals. And God has a particular way that he likes to talk to us, depending on how he's created us. So for me, um, in the natural, I'm a very visual person. Um, I, I love art, design. I love looking at things. And that's how God speaks to me. So Most of the time, God speaks to me through just simple pictures, internal pictures that pop into my head. That's how, that's 90% of the way God speaks to me. And the context for that, because we'll all find we have different contexts where we hear God best, depending on our personality. So usually the best context for me to hear God is either in worship or just sat quietly somewhere. Um, that just creates an environment where I can tune in and where I can receive the revelation. I think of my husband, who's completely different. Um, he's not at all visual. He, you know, doesn't notice if I've had my hair cut, you know, or painted a room, you know, that 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 kind of non-visual person. And um, but he hears God through that just knowing that kind of deep gut feeling I just know something because I know something and his best context for hearing God is walking the dog on the fields close to our house you know he's quite an active person he likes to be out and about so he takes the dog for a walk he hears God one more person I'll mention my friend Rich Robinson now this is quite exciting his best place for hearing God is doing the ironing can you imagine that? So, <laughs> but yeah, we're all different. We're all different. Uh, we don't have to put ourselves in a box. You know, the Holy Spirit is the most creative person in the universe, and He can bring revelation to us in all sorts of ways. We just have to learn to slow down enough, don't we, and pay attention. Because if we're just if we're constantly rushing from one thing to the next, if we're not creating any stillness in our lives, we can complain that, oh, God never speaks to me. But actually, a lot of it is because we're not creating the space to hear him. So anyway, we're going to 
oh, I've got a clicker somewhere, haven't I? We are going to, um, through today, examine the subject of... Is that going to... Where do I point it? Just Sideways. Sideways. Um... Okay, thanks, Graham. I don't think that's working. Yeah, we're going to examine the subject of hearing God using a simple framework. And this is based on the life and example of Jesus. Because when we look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, we see that he lived his life based around three primary relationships. And um, so the first of those relationships was his relationship with his heavenly father. Are we there yet? Ah, oh, something's happened. I'll just carry on. It's just, it's just a simple triangle on the next slide. Ah, there we go. Right. So the up, the up, that is just a, um, a simple reminder for us that Jesus's first key relationship was with his heavenly father. So we read the gospels, we see that there are some, some nights when Jesus spent all night in prayer. He, he only did what he saw the father doing. So obviously his first key relationship was that upward relationship with his heavenly father. But he also had a very strong relationship with what you could call his spiritual family, his friends, his 12 disciples. And within that group of 12, there was the, there was the group of three as well, wasn't there? So he, he chose to live life 24-7 with this group of friends, his spiritual family. What an adventure. What a journey that must have been, living 24-7 with Jesus for those three years. Um, so we can call that the inward dimension. And then, of course, he had a relationship with the world, with the crowds. And we know as we read the Bibles that he was passionate about reaching out to the lost, the broken, the hurting world around him. And Jesus, he, he lived a balanced life because he lived a life in three dimensions. This is the pattern of Jesus's life, and this needs to be the pattern of our life, so that we, we are living balanced lives and balanced ministry. So our upward dimension with God, our inward dimension with our fellow Christians, and then our outward dimension with the world. So we're gonna use this as a framework to look at what it means to hear God in those three dimensions. Oh, there we go, that's working, great. So in this first se session, we're gonna do some thinking around the upward dimension of hearing God and basically what it means to hear God for ourselves. And it's, and it's helpful when, when we're thinking about the broad spectrum of what we tend to call the prophetic, which can mean all sorts of different things. It's helpful to think of that both as hearing God for ourselves, but also hearing God for others. 
And I just find it's a helpful distinction to make. I'm not somebody who's into all sorts of categories and, you know, definitions, but I think that's quite a helpful definition to make. Sometimes we hear God for ourselves. Sometimes we hear God for other people. And my definition of prophecy is simply hearing God for somebody else. And we'll talk about that more after the coffee break. Now, the starting point, when we think about how do we hear God for ourselves, the starting point is understanding our covenant identity. Because hearing God, it's ultimately, it's not about what we do, but it's who we are. It's who we are. And the more our minds are aligned with the biblical truth of who we are, the easier we'll find it to hear God. It's about knowing who we are and knowing who God is. There's no more important thinking than your thinking about who God actually is and who I actually am. So we have to start with this revelation of who God is. His nature, his heart, his character, his generosity, the superior reality of his kingdom. We have to start really knowing who God is. And then we have to have a revelation of ourselves, of who we are. You know, we are beloved children invited into the richest of relationships. We are recipients of unquenchable and unconditional love. That's who we are. You know, when we look at ourselves in the bathroom mirror in the morning, we need to be saying this stuff to ourselves. You are a child. You are a beloved child of the greatest father there has ever been. You are loved with an unimaginable love, an unquenchable, unconditional love. You know, this is who we are. We're beloved children. And God is our incredibly good, generous Father who loves to speak to us, who loves to pour his love upon us, who loves to pour out his gifts upon us, who has got many, many wonderful things to say to us. This is our starting point. This is who God is. This is who I am. Therefore, I can hear him. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how much you read your Bible. It's not about whether you go to church every Sunday. It's not about whether you get a book half four every morning to, you know, wait on the Lord. It's about who you are fundamentally. Do you know who you are? We cannot earn the right to hear him. It's not something that we achieve through hard work or super spirituality. Hearing God, it flows out of a relationship with him. It flows out of knowing who you are and knowing who he is. And Nathan, I'm just going to get you to come up. And just for a couple of minutes, Nathan's going to share a little bit about his journey of, of getting to that place of covenant identity. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, on this point, um, I'm, I tend to myself be quite active and quite um, sort of, I'm thinking a lot, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. And... Um, uh, I can very easily get into the, the, the state of actually trying to do lots of things, even kingdom things. So, you know, do lots of different ministries, do lots of different, you know, helping different people. Um, and really, when you, when I come back to it, when I think, okay, actually, God's my father, you know, and I'm his son, it just transforms what that's like. 
Um, it just transforms what it really means for me. It's not really about me doing it. I could easily then, if I wasn't doing that, I could easily um, find my identity in what I'm doing and actually say, if I'm doing well, you know, if I'm you know, seeing lots of people, if I am helping lots of people, if I'm giving words of prophecy even, then you know, I'm doing well as a, as a person. But that's not what it's about at all. Um, for me, I have to check myself. I have to go back. I have to read the Bible. I have to meditate. I have to uh, spend time with people. But I really have to remember that actually, no, it's all about just what God has done for me. And if I didn't do any of those things, but I let God you know, be father to me, that would be enough. And actually, from that rest, there's a release of peace and a release of um, prophecy and a release of service and energy and all the kind of things that um, I'd like to see happen. But actually, it comes out of that, that rest. And it's something I have to fight for at times because, like I say, it's natural for me to just go and do things. Um, but it's definitely worth doing, and it will really transform your walk with God. Thanks, Nathan. Wonderful. So covenant identity is, is our starting point, knowing who we, we really are, learning to hear God from a place of rest. So um, let's just think now about the how of hearing, hearing God. Because, you know, God, he's, he's not a puzzle to solve, Hearing him is not a problem to navigate. He's a good father who loves to talk to his children. But, you know, as we've just been saying, we can only hear him clearly if we are hearing him from a place of rest. Striving is the enemy of the prophetic in so many ways. You know, I've got to hear God, I've got to hear God. We somehow have to learn how to hear him from a place of rest. We have to practice rest, which sounds a slightly odd thing to do, doesn't it? Um, We have to learn to rest in the Father's presence and love. Take on the discipline of rest practice being still in his presence now you know we're all different personalities and we we have to find our own way of doing that and as i said you know my husband he's somebody who can do that while he's walking the dog that's his place of rest my friend rich it's when he's doing the ironing but we have to find that place of resting in god's presence that it's about cultivating stillness, isn't it? And um, we, we, we live in a very busy world. We live in a 24-7 world where everything's going on all the time. There's very little natural stillness in the world around us. So we, we, have, to, we have to actively go after stillness. We have to learn how to not only create an external stillness so that there are times in our day, times in our week, where we do find that place of stillness, where we can switch off our phone, where we can, you know, not have to go and see anybody, not have to talk to anybody, but we can create stillness. But there's also an internal stillness, isn't there? So that actually, no matter what we're doing, we know that deep down inside, we're still we're at rest, we're at peace. 
And for some of us, that's, that's a real battle that we have, to, we have to face at times. You know, how do we create and cultivate that internal stillness? But it is, it is really important. And in the Psalms, we, we read about how David learnt how to still his soul. He talks about, I have stilled my soul. You can almost imagine him saying, soul, be still. Cease all this nonsense. Just be still, soul. And I think we, we have to learn how to do that. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the peace of Christ. And we have to learn how to be in that place where we, we're cultivating stillness, we're cultivating internal peace and rest. Because it's in that place that it's easiest to hear God. So rest is key. Then the, the next key point, as we think about how we hear God, the next key point is that I think a fundamental error we, we all tend to make is that hearing God is about guidance. It, it's like hearing God is, is a sat-nav, you know. So um, I, I just need to hear God so, I, so, I can, so he can tell me what to do next. But God doesn't want us to hear his voice just so he can tell us what to do. He doesn't want us to hear his voice just so that he can give us instructions. Now, you know, we've said already God is the perfect father. I'm a mum. I've, I've got three girls I don't speak to my daughters just so that I can tell them what to do, just so that I can give them instructions. Now, of course, there are times when that's all I want <laughs> to, to communicate with them. Tidy your bedroom, empty the dishwasher. But on my good days, on my good days, I don't just talk to them so that I can tell them what to do, tell them what to do next. I talk to them to build relationship with them. I, t I talk to them so I can tell them how proud I am of them, how much I love them, how delightful they are. And it's the same with God, because God is an even better parent than I am, thank the Lord. Um, so we just have to sometimes get our heads around this. You know, as, as we pursue hearing God for ourselves, don't expect it to be all about, right, you know, on Monday you're gonna do that. Then you're going to do that. Then you're going to do that. It, it's not all about guidance. It's fundamentally about relationship. Um, he wants to build relationship. He wants you to hear his voice so that he can tell you how much he loves you, so that he can speak to your identity, so he can tell you how wonderfully he's created you and give you that daily encouragement. Now, of course, guidance is important. We would all love what God wants us to do next, wouldn't we? But remember, fundamentally, it's about relationship. And hearing God's voice, it's not really an, an activity. It's an expression. It's an overflow of the relationship that we have with him. It's an overflow of who you are, and it's an overflow of who God is. The end of the day, the prophetic, you know, this whole thing about hearing God... It's about connectedness with the Father. I'd just like to address a few key issues that are important. Some of these things that would 
derail our attempts to hear the Father's voice. Some of the things that stop us connecting with what the Father wants to say. And of course, there's nothing wrong with God's voice. We've already said, you know, God is not silent. He doesn't have favorites. So if we are finding it hard to hear God, then we have to recognize that the problem's something to do with me and my hearing. You know, there's probably something to do with my spiritual ears. If I'm struggling to hear God, it's not his problem. You know, he has a very clear voice. What is there that's blocking my spiritual ears? What do I need to address? And we read John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice, and it sounds so simple, doesn't it? I want to be a sheep. I just want to be a sheep who's following Jesus, who's listening to the voice and following him. But the reality for so many of us is it, it isn't always straightforward. It isn't always straightforward. There are issues that we need to deal with. And I think in many ways, the journey towards hearing God better is about removing things. It's about removing barriers, removing obstructions, removing all those things that over time we have unwittingly accumulated. It's interesting, you know, because at our church, we teach our kids how to hear God's voice from a really young age. They find it really easy. They find it much easier than adults because they haven't, you know, got to that cynical adult stage. <laughs> They're just, yeah, innocent. They're just, yeah, God, I believe in God. I believe he speaks. So, of course, he's going to hear me. And you realize that over time as an adult, you just accumulate all these little things that will get in the way and that will stop you hearing them. So I'm just going to talk about, I'm going to mention three particular um, barriers stop working. Can we get the next slide, Janet? Brilliant. I'll let you sort that out. Yeah, I just want to mention three particular barriers, very common barriers. And, you know, this is as, as true for me as it is for anybody. Um, and, and I think the journey of discipleship is being active in dealing with some of this stuff, in not not just passively acquiescing to it. You know, it, it's very easy to say, yeah, I find it really hard to hear God, but really I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, I'm just going to put up with how it is. I think that's a real tragedy because I think if we actively go after this, these things, we can deal with them. And we, we don't have to accept poor hearing in the kingdom. We don't have to accept poor hearing. So... The first one I want to mention is what I would call the poverty mindset, the poverty mindset. And at the end of the day, this is an internal voice that says, God's voice is a scarce resource. I'm afraid I won't hear anything. If I make a mistake, there'll be no more anointing. Basically, there's not very much to go around. And you have to be pretty special in order to have any of it. So God's voice is a scarce resource. 
And it's that internal battle, you know, what if I don't hear anything? So whether we're trying to hear God in our quiet time, whether we're trying to hear God as we're walking down the street, whether we're trying to hear God in church, there's that internal battle. If I try to hear him, if I ask him, if I ask him a question, what if I don't hear anything? And that stops us, doesn't it? It stops us approaching God, stops us listening to him. And it's that trap, that mindset of thinking that kingdom resources, the resources of the kingdom are limited, that they're limited. So what we have to do, you know, if if we recognize this as something that's relevant for us, what we have to do is we have to engage with the this principle of metanoia, changing the way we think. You know, the very first words that Jesus spoke in public ministry were repent and believe. And that, that word repent, we kind of associate it with getting on our knees and saying sorry. But actually the word repent, it, it's the Greek word is metanoia. And it means change your mind, change your way of thinking. So if we've got a poverty mindset... We have to change our minds. We have to realign our thinking so that we have a kingdom mindset. So we have to choose a mindset of God's generosity and God's abundance. So we have to practice thinking thoughts like this. God is good And he is generous with his gifts. There is so much to go around, we can all join in. We can joyfully anticipate his goodness and generosity today. That's the type of thinking we have to take on board. For some of us, we have to literally change the way we think. We have to change train our minds to think like that. We'll be hearing more about the, um, the prophetic huddles, but one of the exercises, and Ave and Nathan will, will know this well, one of the exercises that we do quite early on in the, in the huddle process is we, we get everybody to write what we call a covenant statement. And it's a personal thing, but it's, you know, it could be Paragraph could be page of A4, could be as long as you want. But basically, it's you stating truth about who God is, about who you are, and why you can hear him. So it's saying things like, I'm a beloved child. God is generous. God wants to speak to me. And the power of these covenant statements is that as we read them day in, day out, you know, as we put them on our bathroom mirror, or I don't know what you've done with yours, Ave or Nathan, but as as we're reading them, we are changing our minds. We're changing the way we think. We are engaging in metanoia. Um, And I think psychologists talk about how it takes 40 days to change your way of thinking, to take on a new habit. So, you know, this is not instantaneous stuff, but we can all learn how to do this. So first of all, if we're struggling with a poverty mindset, we have to train our minds to think, no, God is generous. 
God is good and generous. There's so much to go around. So, yeah, that's poverty mindset. Next one, rationality. Mm. Now, by nature, I'm quite a rational, logical person. You know, I, I did sciences at school. I, I love science. Um, and I, my kind of default is, is a rational way of thinking. But rationalism can end up acting as a significant block to us hearing God's voice when we lean too much on our own understanding, when we lean too much on our worldly wisdom. Now, there's nothing wrong with rationalism as an approach to understanding the world around us, but when we have an overemphasis on reason in our journey of faith, then it can get in the way. It, it can hinder us fully embracing the, the full measure of revelation that God has, has got to, for us. So if you've got, you know, like me, quite an analytical mind, you will have the tendency to question everything. And, and what I was recognizing was happening in my own journey of hearing from God is that, you know, I'd be in that place where, yeah, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to listen to you today. And God would start to bring revelation to me, usually in the form of a picture. And my immediate response would be, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You're showing me a picture of a banana. That doesn't make sense. So I, what I've had to ruthlessly go after and learn to do is to actually, as it says in Proverbs 3, lean not on my own understanding. And kind of surrender my mind, surrender my intellect to the Lordship of Christ. And just receive the revelation and, um, and not dismiss it. And just say, okay, Lord, even though I don't understand it, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And, you know, we have to realize that hearing God is a spiritual, not a logical process. You know, the language of the Spirit is amazing, but it doesn't necessarily relate to our rational way of, of thinking, does it? So we have to learn to respond to revelation with our spirits rather than our minds. And sometimes we just have to go with it, even if it doesn't make sense. We have to rely much more on faith than on logic. And, you know, we've already talked about mindsets. It, it's, it's choosing a mindset of openness to whatever the Holy Spirit would want to bring to us. So, rationality. And then the third um, barrier I'm going to mention today is fear. Fear. Now, there are all sorts of fears that can get in the way of us hearing God's voice. All sorts of fears. For some people, fear is the major inhibitor to hearing God. So what might some of these fears be? What if I do hear something and I don't like it? Now, that's a big one, isn't it? That's certainly hampered me in the past. You know, for years, I really struggled to hear God because I thought, if I sit here and really listen to God, he's going to turn up and he's going to say, sell all your belongings, go and be a missionary to outer Mongolia for the rest of your life. Honestly, I, I really thought that. I really thought if I listen to God, he's going to 
tell me something I really, really don't want to hear. So I had to learn, and again, it's all about covenant and identity. I had to learn, actually, you know, God's a good father. I don't speak to my kids so that I can tell them to go and, you know, clean the toilet. I speak to them for good reasons. So God's going to have lots of amazing things he wants to say. But for some of us, we have to really nail that fear. I'm so scared because if I listen to God, he's going to tell me something I don't want to hear. We have to surrender that fear. We have to lay it down at the foot of the cross Get people to pray for us and let it go because it's not biblical, it's not godly. Um, another fear, another common fear, the fear of getting it wrong. You know, that, that's very understandable because it's, you know, learning how to hear him, it's, it's not always a straightforward process. But the thing is, if we never step out and have a go, we'll never learn. And, you know, a place like this, we've all got our L plates on. We're all learners. I'm a learner. Nathan's a learner. We're all learning. And that's why having a safe space is great, because let's choose to step out today and have a go. If we get it wrong, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, and we practice in the safe place so that we can then take God's word out in, into the cities, into the towns, into the slightly less safe places. So, yeah, deal with the fear. For some people, it's a fear of deception. You know, if I sit here and try and listen to God, how do I know it's God and not the devil who's talking to me? You know, that can be a very uh, valid fear, well, a very real fear. But I always come back to John 10. You know, J Jesus says in John 10, you know, it's my voice you'll hear. You know, you, you don't have to worry about hearing other shepherds. If you're my sheep, it's my voice you'll hear. And I really believe with all my heart that if, if we're listening from a place of rest, if we've got our eyes fixed on Jesus, if we're welcoming the Holy Spirit, and if our hearts are filled with love, if we say, Lord, speak to me, I really believe that's who will speak. We, we give the devil far too much credit so much of the time. You know, we, we should just keep our eyes fixed on God. So anyway, whatever your fears are, we have to lay them down and we have to take on a new way of thinking. So again, these words that we train our minds to think, Father, you are my perfect heavenly Father. You're the kindest, most generous person in the universe. You love to speak to me. You have great things to say to me. So how do you want to encourage me today? You know, let's train ourselves to think like that. Just Let's just pause, pause for a moment. We've, we've talked about um, those three barriers. Um, let's just pause a moment. You know, if, if you've got a journal or a piece of paper, just have a little chat with the Lord. Just ask him to show you what, what barriers he's wanting to deal with. Which are the most relevant barriers, the most pertinent barriers for you? Just pause a moment and have a chat with the Lord. Lord, about... Any barriers, you know, Lord, just show me anything that's getting in the way of me hearing you. Um, it's about an active, ongoing discipleship journey of dealing with this stuff. And we can only really deal with this stuff in community, you know, so being honest and open with each other and getting each other to pray for us. So I just love to pray. I'm just going to do this really simply. So, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We, um, we thank you that you're our good Heavenly Father. And you love to speak to us. You've created us to hear your voice. And Lord, 
with all these different things that we've identified just now, whether it's fear, whether it's rationality, whether it's a poverty mindset, whatever it is, Lord, we just want to lay those things down at the foot of your cross today. We want you to come and help us change our way of thinking so that these barriers can be taken down and so that we can enjoy hearing you more clearly for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. Amen. Now, just a real practical point. If you know there's, there's a biggie, you know, could be fear, whatever, but if, as we've done that little exercise just now, you felt the Lord is really getting your attention about something, I'm sure there's plenty of people who'd be happy to pray for you. You know, please don't leave today without you know, getting it prayed through because it's important, this stuff. Okay, um, just a few practicalities on how we actually hear the Father's voice. You know, how do we do it? So here's just a few practicalities and then we're going to have a go before coffee. So, and, and a lot of this is just summarizing what I've already said. So first of all, we listen from a place of love and rest. We listen from a place of love and rest. So some of us need to perhaps start finding those places. Um, we practice rest. We practice resting in the Father's love. That's our starting point. We can't strive and strain and stress to hear him. We rest to hear him. Secondly, we listen for the voice that is kind. There are a lot of voices out there. The Lord's voice is kind. Now, it might be strong. It might... You know, there are times when the Lord really needs to get our attention, doesn't he? And, you know, come on, Kath, come on, we can do better than that. But at the end of the day, the voice of Jesus is kind. It might be firm, but it will be kind. It will be loving and it will be full of life. It reflects his nature. So don't listen for any other kind of voice. Listen for the voice that is kind. And next, we recognize that God speaks in all sorts of creative ways. I had a friend a few years ago. One day, God spoke to her through a series of car number plates <laughs> that she saw, you know, as she was driving somewhere. You know, God's, I, I'm a keen gardener, so, you know, God speaks to me in the garden. God's so creative. You know, you don't just hear him in church. Um, so, you know, just be expectant, be expectant. I, a couple of weeks ago, there was some big engineering work, you know, they're redoing all the roads in Sheffield because the Sheffield roads are terrible. So they're redoing them all. And I passed some really heavy, like road building machinery one day. And it just, there's just something that made me look again. It's that little prompt. And God spoke to me really clearly for my church, just through a big bit of machinery. I don't even know what it's called. But yeah, he speaks in all sorts of creative ways. And we go after it. We have to be active listeners. Um, so we have to make space. What does it look like for you to make space? Um, I, I think there's something 
about discovering your own meeting place. For my husband, it's the fields with the dog. For me, it's usually a... Well, actually, for the last few months, it's been my greenhouse. Um, you know, where where is there that you could go where you find it a little bit easier to connect with God and to hear him? Um, and then finally, when God speaks, we need to respond, don't we? It's no good just having lots and lots of wonderful words from the Lord and perhaps even writing them down in our journals, but we have to recognize that it's hear and obey. So when God speaks, he speaks for a purpose. And we have part of the listening is about, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Good, right, we are going to do a bit of practicing. We're going to do a listening exercise. We're going to be listening for ourselves, so you don't have to panic just yet. Um, so I'm going to take you through, and we've got nearly 10 minutes before coffee, so um, that's good, we're on time. So I'm, I'm going to take you through what I call my Trinitarian devotional. And it's, it's a, quite a meditative exercise. We're going to be using the imagery of the Trinity as a way of just helping us fix our eyes on God and get into a place where we can hear him. So, um, you know, do make yourselves comfortable. We've got, we're going to have about 10 minutes of where it's just you sitting in silence. Well, there'll be, I'll, I'll be talking you through it, but basically sitting. Um, you may find it best to close your eyes. Um, if you want to lie down, lie down, whatever. Whatever works best for you. But we're going to do this little devotional exercise. Yeah, so... So we're going to start off, and we're going to start off focusing on the Father. So just be aware of what's happening internally right now. And like David does in the Psalms, just still your soul. Just lay aside any distractions. Welcome that sense of peace that comes from the Father's presence. We're just going to call our minds to meditate on our Heavenly Father. So remind yourself that you are a beloved child. That is your fundamental identity. You are a beloved child. That you're coming into the Father's presence. I always imagine this lovely room with lots of old sofas and it's just full of light. But if, if you can, just imagine coming into the Father's presence. Place of perfect love. It's there for a few moments. Carrying, kick your shoes off. Welcome. He's delighted to see you today. 
simply just receive his love that is pouring out. Staying in that place of rest, we're going to stay resting, but we're now going to fix our eyes on Jesus. So we're going to yeah, gaze on Jesus for a, a few minutes. We're going to fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who pours his grace upon us. So if, if, you're, if you're visual, you might want to bring to mind an image of Jesus, or you might just want to recall some of the many names and titles of Jesus in the Bible. You know, Lamb of God, Redeemer, Bread of Life, Good Shepherd. But just fix your mind, fix your eyes on Jesus. for him start to rise up in your heart. Just in the quietness of your heart, staying in that place of worship, we're going to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to welcome the wonderful, incredible Holy Spirit, this friend who's with us. So as you welcome him right now, just really start to lean into his fiery presence. Let him refresh you. Receive his joy. You may feel and sense his, his presence in your body, but just what, whatever's going on, just keep welcoming him. More of you, Holy Spirit, more of you. And he is the spirit of truth and revelation. So we, we lay down all our agendas in his presence. And we're just going to ask him a simple question right now. Lord, how do you want to encourage me today? So we're going to ask him that question and listen for the answer. Lord, how do you want to encourage me today? picture pops into your head. It could be that you're reminded of something in scripture. Perhaps you hear some words. Perhaps it's just a feeling. Whatever it is, just go with it. Ask for more. Dig deeper. Keep receiving. But Lord, how do you want to encourage me today?
getting ourselves to a place where it's a little bit easier to hear God. Any brave people like to just share very briefly what they... Oh, wonderful. Oh, I always like volunteers. Hi. Um, it feels a bit like your banana, but um, I just saw a massive great thumb bathed in golden light. And when you said sort of ask for more, because I thought, what's this all about? You know, it it did feel like it was a big thing. Thumbs up and just saying, you know, I'm sort of proud of you. I'm, you know, sort of so. Good. One more little. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It was a, a picture. It kind of developed. First of all, when you said get yourself in a comfy place, I saw other people coming with me into that room. But then it developed, and I was lying on a hammock by the sea. And it was as if Almighty God, although He's got billions of people on the earth, was just there for me at that moment. Jesus, when you said consider Jesus, came with a bowl of something for me, and I felt so unworthy, but he had it just for me. And as I took it, I realized it was feeding me my daily bread. That's the scripture that came to mind. And it was the Holy Spirit that he was feeding me. And as he did, there was this bright light of, I can only describe it as a heart shape, that was going from my hammock to God. I couldn't see God. He was just a presence. He was the one there holding me and back to Jesus, and then through the food that he was feeding me, back to me, and we were just in this heart. It was just amazing. Oh, fantastic. Have you written it down? No. <laughs> Write it down. I, I, love, I love the thumbs up, because like, it, it's, it's so unexpected, that. I mean, imagine you weren't expecting that. And like you say, you can like dismiss it. Oh, yeah. But actually, as we go, you know, as, as we go for it, as we embrace it, wonderful. Okay, coffee break. How long have we got? Is it 15 minutes? 15 minutes, okay, so back at 10 to.